Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Once again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. I'm so grateful that you're connecting with us, whether you're watching uh, or listening, how it is you're connecting. We're just grateful for that. We are today going to start a uh, kind of a new mini-series. I'm going to talk about our walk in Him. And I'm going to come out of uh, our key verse is going to be out of Colossians chapter 2, please. So let's go there. Colossians chapter 2. And uh, we'll just see how far we get into it today. Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 6, okay? All right. And it just says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. In other words, in Christ, okay? And this is talking about, uh, you know, being positioned in Him, okay? This word walk is going to be the key word probably through this series here, but it just means to, to, to tread around or to walk about, to be occupied with is part of this definition. But it means to live or to conduct one's life, okay? It also refers to uh, following as a companion, okay, depending on the reference, but obviously it fits real good here. So as we walk in Him, okay, and the word in Him is talking about being positioned in Him, in the area of place, time, or the state of things, okay, so in Him, in other words, in His strength, His power, His ability, His influence, we could say His life, you know, we're positioned in Him, in His person, okay, so this is going to be kind of a key thing, especially in this text. It goes on then to say uh, being rooted and built up in him. Okay, rooted, being planted, uh, you know, bearing, uh, uh, you know, being grounded, planted, you know, having a root system, kind of is what it's dealing with here. Okay, rooted and built up. So you're talking about a root system and you're talking about being built up. And I believe the, the, the Greek word here is edifice, which we get our word to, you know, our to edify, edifice, building, kind of a something being structured, something being built upon itself, okay, is what it refers to, you know, one thing upon another, uh, causing something to go. So we're, the bottom line is what this saying is, we're talking about uh, being walking in Him. It's talking about bearing, you know, putting in some roots, at the same time building up. So the whole thing is really starting to change your life, okay, how you walk, how you conduct things, how you do things, okay, is what it's talking about, being rooted and built up in Him. And then it says, and established, okay, fixed, uh, to be settled, sure, uh, fixed in the faith, okay, which is something we'll talk about here in just a minute. As you have been taught, abounding in it, in other words, excelling, increasing, exceeding, over and above, abounding in it, okay, in other words, all this you've been taught, with thanksgiving, it says, which is really a key too, really. And, you know, we've taught a lot about thanksgiving and the importance of just the power of thanks, praise God. But it goes on then, it says, beware, okay? So it tells you to be rooted and build up, you know, to be established and all this, but then it says, beware of some things. So there's some things you want to see happening and done, but there's other things you got to watch out for. And it says, watch, uh, you know, beware lest anyone cheat you through things like philosophy, okay, empty deceit, okay, according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. So what it's just talking about is there's certain things that are going to be going to have to happen. When we're talking about walking in Him, it says then, okay, you're going to have to guard now all this other stuff that's trying to get in, all this other stuff that's trying to somehow steal your attention or somehow speak into you, uh, whether we're talking, like you said, the philosophies, empty deceit, traditions of men. Okay, there's a lot of things out there that are around you, that surround you every day, that if you're not positioning yourself in Him, all this other stuff starts taking, uh, taking foot, 
okay, uh, taking a foothold in your life, so to speak. Okay, so it becomes in and all of a sudden now you're basing your walk based on basic traditions of the world or uh, according to traditions of men. Okay, according to philosophies and that empty deceit, all this kind of stuff, all these kind of teachings out there that just somehow get you off of the truth. Okay, and it happens. It happens real easy. That's why we're even in Romans it's talking about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, that whole thing is dealing with the fact that if you're not transforming, you're conforming. And that's kind of what he's saying here. If you're not positioning yourself in him, then something else is happening. Okay. If you're not locking on to him and staying in him, positioned in him, all right, in his person, his power, his abilities, his influence, okay, all that kind of stuff. If we're not positioned in him, then it isn't long and everything else now is starting to dictate and dominate. Pretty soon it's calling the shots, okay, and that's what he's saying here. So you got to be aware of that. And then it goes on then, same topic here, for in him, here we go, in other words, positioned in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, okay? In other words, a lot of times we refer, we refer to it as the Trinity, which actually the word Trinity is not really a Bible word, but it is a word that we as Christians understand uh, what that means, talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But this word Godhead, that's what it's talking about, okay? So that's really the, 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 the new covenant word for, uh, for that uh, Trinity is really Godhead, okay? So for in Him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and it goes on to say, and you, you are complete in him, right? Who is the head of all principality and power, obviously above it all. But he's saying in him, see, you're complete. You're made whole. Everything you need is really in him. In other words, we're talking about this walk now. Walking in him means that you can actually do this when you're positioned in him. Because in him, you're complete. In him, the, the fullness of the Godhead uh, you know, is, is present and available. So we're talking about the, the Father and all that comes with that, the, the, the Spirit of God and all that comes with that. Amen. Him as the Son and, and as your Savior and all that comes with that. Amen. Uh, of course, that's a kind of a, you know, in a nutshell there. But the bottom line is everything you need is in Him. That's what it's bringing out here. Okay, so we're talking about our walk in Him, uh, you know, being rooted, you know, have bearing some roots, a root system, you know, something that's grounded, it's established, right? Uh, you know, a uh, built up, something that's, a, you know, brick upon brick, layer upon layer, line upon line, precept upon precept. This thing is just gradually as you grow and develop, praise God, this process of building on something, praise God. So you're not only going down, you're going up as far as, you know, building something that's stable, this walk in God that's totally stable, in him, praise God. So what I wanted to do today uh, is start into this, talking about what the, you know, really what the scriptures have to say about how we're supposed to walk, this walk in him and what that means. So the first one we'll go to, because it does talk about being established in the faith, we want to talk about walking in faith. Okay, what does that mean a little bit here? Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, let's go to chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. And like I said, we'll just kind of work through this and see how far we get for today. And then, you know, we can pick up with this again in the next service. Praise God. All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. And I believe we'll um, maybe just to kind of get in context of what's being said here. Let's go to like verse 6. All right. So verse 6 says, so uh, we are always confident 
knowing that while we are at home in the body, in other words, us as living beings in this body, this, this earth suit, so to speak, okay, this body, says that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. In other words, being face-to-face with Him in that sense. For we walk by faith, here we go, not by sight. We are confident, here we go again, yes, well-pleased that rather to be absent from this body uh, and to be present with the Lord. Now, he's trying to establish it, okay, that we, you know, really we understand the, the fact that, you know, because we've received Christ, we're in a sense heaven bound. We know that one day as we step out of this, this body, this earth suit, one day you kind of, kind of chuck it off like an old, you know, wore out jacket, so to speak. And, you know, to be absent from this body means to be present with him. Now, most everybody has no problem with that, that, that know the Lord. You know, when you explain that, they, yeah, amen, that's, that sounds right. They don't have a problem. They don't have a problem believing that. But he makes a statement in the midst of this, okay? He says, for we walk, we conduct life, we live this thing, we, we walk along, right? We walk this life, right, by faith and not by sight, okay? So by faith, okay, the Greek word pistis, okay, in fact, we're, uh, we've worked, uh, been working through a series on faith in our Sunday messages, praise God. So obviously we've touched on a little bit of this. But the word pistis, okay, is a word that means a belief in, a reliance upon or dependence upon, a confidence in, a conviction. So anytime we're seeing somebody standing firm in their conviction, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're walking by faith, okay? They're standing by faith, praise God. It means, uh, uh, you know, a, a trust in, okay? Uh, it's another word that's kind of key. In fact, it's probably the word used mostly in the Old Covenant uh, for this word faith, okay, uh, is the word trust. So to have confidence or trust in, reliance or dependence upon. So we walk by faith, okay? And, it, and then it goes on to say, and not by sight. In other words, we don't conduct or live life by visual only. Okay. In fact, let's define that because it becomes a pretty big key here when we're talking about walking in him. The word sight is a word that means a physical view of something. It means the appearance of external things. In other words, things that you can see going on around you here. Okay. It also means, it uses words like form, fashion, or shape. And it's talking about things that come or, you know, somehow are fashioned by the senses. Things, you know, by your senses, you begin to formulate things and put things together and begin to come up with an idea or how you see things or how you view this or how you, you think about this and all that's what it's talking about. So he's talking about we walk by faith, uh, confidence, reliance, dependence, conviction, and not by the senses, not by how everything looks at the moment, how everything sounds by the moment. In fact, as we, you know, got out of Colossians there, that's what he's talking about. You know, there's a lot of things out there, you know, the philosophies and traditions and all that stuff, uh, you know, these uh, ways of the world, okay, uh, that, that somehow, you know, because of the way it is out there, and, and pretty soon if it's all you're around, pretty soon it begins to dictate. Pretty soon you're not walking by your confidence and faith in God. You're walking based on what somebody else said or how it looks or, or what's been happening, or, or what you went through, and then, and then, you know, that happened two years ago, and then, and then now here it is again, and pretty soon, see, because of the way you fashion things and form things based on sight, okay, this word sight in this verse, okay, that's what it's talking about, based on the senses, based on everything, the feelings, emotions, all the things that somehow put everything together, and it comes up with this, this view, 
okay, of what's happening. And pretty soon, if that's all we live by, then what we do, see, even as Christians, we're walking according to sight, not according to faith, which basically means that we're just walking according to what the world does. It is no different. They live by how it looks or what it sounds or uh, what they've seen or what somebody said. And pretty soon, you know, enough people say this, so they begin to buy into that and believe that, even though it may be a complete lie as far as God is concerned. But yet people live their life according to it. And you know as well as I do, we've all been a part of that. Uh, many of us have come out of things, okay, that we found out later were really just uh, the manipulations of, of the world. It was these traditions of men. It was philosophies and things that maybe uh, happened or, uh, you know, over the years you see through your family and different things. And I know I'm kind of hammering on it a little bit, but I'm just trying to show you when he's talking about walking by faith and not by sight, he's saying, you know, you have to learn that there's a way that we, we actually walk here, and it's not by all the natural stuff out there. Now, the reason I thought it was worthy of reading this whole little text here is because we most of the time don't have a problem with that when it comes time to saying to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. You know, I tell most Christians that. They say, well, amen, brother, right? Now, if I was to say, well, I, you know, I don't know if I, I believe that, I, we, I'd probably have a fight on my hands with most Christians, okay? They have no problem believing that. And that's what he's really trying to bring out, okay? We walk by faith and not by sight. Okay, we're, you know, it does, we, we maybe have never been to heaven. We've never maybe seen God in a sense. We maybe have obviously maybe have felt his presence time or two or a hundred times, whatever. But the bottom line is we've maybe never seen him, okay? And the word says he's spirit, okay? So, uh, you know, you may never really see God uh, outside of maybe the workings of God until you're actually there, Okay, you may not see the Lord, okay, and uh, outside of the workings of the Lord, okay, until you're there. That's what you may have never seen an angel or angelic host uh, before. Some maybe have, but, but most people probably haven't until one day you're there. You, you have never seen heaven, but you believe there is a heaven. And by faith, see, by your confidence, assurance and reliance upon God and what he says about that, you believe that, thus you walk by faith concerning that and not by sight. Okay, you actually believe that one day I'm making heaven my home. Now, like I said, I know I'm kind of hammering on that, but what he's trying to bring out is we're called to live that way every day of our life because we walk in him. We position ourselves in him. We conduct and live life according to that. We walk and follow as a companion of him in every facet of our life, which means that we're going to have to walk by faith. We're going to have to walk by a confidence in him about everything. Walk according to, in a sense, like a uh, reliance upon him, no matter what, praise God. Amen. We're going to have to walk, amen, with a, a sense of trust that what he said, he's also able to do. In fact... The Amplified says it this way, uh, living our lives in a manner, I love this, living our lives in a manner that's consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. I like that, okay? In other words, what he's saying here is we not, you know, as a, as a people who walk by faith, we not only believe in God, but we actually believe God. That's what he's saying here. Okay, if we walk by faith and not by sight means we're not just believing in God, 
We're going to actually believe God. In other words, the things that he says, the promises that he has uh, spoken uh, in his word. Amen. Those are the things, the things he spoke into our heart, the things he's, you know, maybe has revealed to us. In other words, he's saying this, that, you know, we're talking about walking by faith. It's not just saying, okay, I believe that there is a God, okay, and I believe in that God, okay, which is wonderful. I'm not taking away from that. But the bottom, he's trying to bring out here to walk by faith every day. In other words, walking in him and walking by faith means I'm actually going to believe God. I'm going to believe in the promises, Amen. Which means I can't be moved by the natural. I can't be moved by sight per se. Okay. Or what this word here refers to as sight. Amen. This, you know, the appearance of things, how things sound, what people are saying out there, how the senses are trying to dictate. And they do, man. Sometimes the senses want to override everything that you know about God at times, you know, because of fear, because of anxiety and worry, because of uh, things that, you know, kind of bang in your face, you know. And you have to purpose to say, you know what, I ain't moved by that. I'm not moved by sight. I don't walk according to sight. I'm of a different kingdom now or a different realm, so to speak, a different family now. Okay, now that I've accepted Christ, See, to be absent from this body means to be present with him. I know that. I believe in that. So I also believe in all the other promises that God has spoke concerning my life. So when we're talking about walking in him, being rooted and, you know, and grounded, amen, and, and, and built up and established, you know, things being, you know, uh, being built up in our life. If we're going to walk in him, if we're going to be positioned in him, one of those things is we're going to have to be a people that actually walk by faith in all areas of our life, amen, that we're not moved by the natural realm. We're more moved, amen, in a sense, by the unseen. Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but, but that's a big key, okay? So when we're talking about walking in Him, it means part of it is we're going to have to walk by faith. I hope you hear that, child of God. Let's look at another reference here. Um, 2 Corinthians, as we're right here close uh, about this, uh, yeah, that'll work. 2 Corinthians, it says, while we, uh, verse 18 actually, 418 of 2 Corinthians, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal or permanent. The word temporary means subject to change. In other words, everything's in the natural realm is subject to change. Everything in this unseen realm, it says, is permanent or eternal. Okay, it's going to be there tomorrow. Okay, you don't have that promise about things in the natural realm. Things in the natural realm could be here today and gone tomorrow because they're all temporary. All right, but he's saying that you as a Christian, you know, what he's bringing out is you got to be more focused on the unseen than you are the seen. And that's what it means to live by faith. In other words, even though you may not see it, but you know the Word of God promises it, or the Word of God speaks that, or the Word of God declares that. As a result of it, I put my confidence in what He has said. I put my confidence in His promise. I put my confidence in the thing maybe He spoke into my heart about a situation, whatever it is. I put more faith, amen, I walk by faith concerning that, amen, and not by sight. Even though in the natural, it may be speaking something completely different. Amen. And this is the challenge of this. The word says, you know, in Hebrews 11, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it goes on to talk about how everything in this seen realm was made by the unseen. Okay. Just through words being spoke. All right. That same thing is what he's bringing out here. We don't get focused on the seen realm because it all can change tomorrow. 
We focus on the unseen, amen, on what the promises that God has spoke, amen. I hope you're hearing this today, child of God. The scripture also said this is how we live, amen. In fact, you know, back to that verse there in, uh, you know, verse 7 of chapter, uh, chapter 5 there, it says, for we walk by faith. We conduct life by faith, not by sight. And that's why scripture says in Hebrews 10, uh, 38, the just shall live by faith. This is how we conduct life. This is how we live this thing. This is how we do it. Amen. So if we're talking about walking in him, part of that definitely has to be the fact that you're going to have to walk in this thing called faith. Amen. And you're going to have to uh, have confidence uh, in the fact that whatever God said is what we're going to hook up to, no matter what the world, the traditions of men, the worldly things, uh, no matter what the philosophies are, the word for the day, what people think today, how people view this and people view that. There's a lot of views out there that people have nowadays that have no truth to it whatsoever, all right? But for some odd reason, it gets said enough and people actually buy into it. And that's what the, that's what the scriptures are trying to talk or speak into you, say, don't, you got to be aware of some of that stuff, amen? So we got to walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, hallelujah. Hope you hear that. All right, let's look at another one. Uh, we'll go to the book of Galatians. Uh, go ahead here, another book, to the book of Galatians. <clears throat> we'll look at another one here. Chapter uh, 5, and maybe I'll read some of this text. Um, even though I'm not necessarily going to dive into all of this today, I want to kind of make a point and move on and then Probably further on in the series here, we'll, we'll bring up more of this. But I'll start with like verse 16, so uh, Galatians 5, 16. And it just says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Here we go. So here's another one now, okay? Conduct life, live life, right? Come on, follow as a companion. Walk in the Spirit. Okay, and I'll bring that out here in a minute. And you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Okay, in other words, all that the flesh wants to do. He goes on to say, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And there's the two opposing forces here. All right. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. In other words, you end up yielding the things you wish you didn't. But if you are led by the spirit, okay, in other words, being influenced, okay, imparted in, uh, motivated by the spirit, okay, uh, you are not under or subject to the law. All right, but now listen. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are, and of course, there's a list here adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, uh, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, uh, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. A big long list here, okay? A lot of stuff just, it's called the works of the flesh. It goes on, it says things like envy and murders and drunkenness and revelries and of the like, of which I tell you, Beforehand, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God or the rule or the realm or the ways of God. That's what it's talking about, okay? So it's not talking about someday not necessarily going to heaven per se, okay, depending on whether they know Christ or not. But the bottom line is he's talking about if you want the ways of God to manifest, these are not the way to get it, okay? So he's talking about the flesh, the works of the flesh. So he's talking about there's a lot of stuff that your flesh yields to if you don't watch out here, okay? And he's talking about if you're not going to walk in the Spirit, then that kind of stuff happens, all right? Let's go on. But, he goes on, verse 22, the fruit 
of the Spirit. In other words, the, what comes out of the benefit or the, the results of the Spirit. In other words, being or walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, okay, and what that means. Now, it, it produces something else, okay, stuff like love and joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, if these things are in operation, you don't have to be held down or subject to, to rules and regulations in the sense because this here actually is, is you're going to have to bear the fruit, good fruit out of it, praise God, because of the fact that you're doing the God thing. And that's what it's bringing out here. All right, now let, let me bring this, finish it here. Verse uh, 25 now says, now if we live in the flesh, or probably live in the spirit, Okay, if we live in the Spirit, in other words, you know, we live according to the Spirit, let us also, here it goes again, walk in the Spirit. Okay, now this particular word walk here is a little bit different Greek word here. Okay, so this particular word here means to keep step with, okay, to keep step or uh, to walk in an orderly fashion. In other words, follow um, the leading. In other words, if you're going to live by the Spirit, okay, if you're going to conduct life by the Spirit, then you're going to have to keep step with the Spirit. That's what he's bringing up. So now let's talk about this thing called the Spirit. Pneuma is the, is the Greek word, okay, uh, which uh, is a word that means current of air. It means wind, uh, breath, uh, speaks of uh, something vital. Okay, so when we're talking about the Spirit of God, we're really talking about the breath of God, okay? Okay, so the person of God breathing in to an individual. So we're talking about walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, we're taught basically saying we're letting God breathe into us. Okay, it's probably in a nutshell. Okay, maybe, uh, maybe even um, oversimplified that, but a lot of times that really to me it just speaks of what he's doing here. If we're going to say we're going to walk in the Spirit means we're going to let God breathe into us every day. And then as he followed this up, he says if you're going to live in the Spirit, so then you're going to have to keep step with the Spirit. All right, you're going to have to, you know, if you say you're going to walk in it and live according to this, then you're going to have to keep step, which means you're going to have to let God breathe into you every day. So when we're talking about walking in him, okay, then we're, you know, we're not only talking about, you know, walking by faith and putting confidence in God and the things that he says, but we're going to have to let him breathe into us every day. Every day we're going to, we, we need the breath of life. We need to walk in the spirit, okay? And the word says, if you live according to that, praise God, amen, hallelujah, you bear good fruit. That's what he's talking about in this text. If you don't live by that, then what happens is everything else begins to dictate, dominate, and pretty soon you're yielding to your flesh. You're now conforming to the world. And if you really look at all this list up here called the works of the flesh, there ain't none of it that's good, but you kind of look at this list and you think, that's what the world does. I mean, you look out there, it's everywhere. Okay, everything you see there, you see it everywhere. Okay, in fact, probably most of us were involved in, in some of this mess, okay, at parts and times in our life before maybe we came into the kingdom. And maybe even after we came into the kingdom, there were some of these things that maybe we yielded to uh, just because we just hadn't had our minds renewed yet. We hadn't been in a place where now we're walking in the Spirit. Amen. Yielding to the breath of God every day of our life. But the more we yield to the breath of, of God, the more we yield to the breath of life, the spirit of God, amen, the more all of a sudden the fruit of that spirit begins to manifest. Love and joy and peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, 
gentleness, self-control. See, these are things now that are manifesting in our life. And the more those things are manifesting, you'll notice life begins to function right. All of a sudden, you're not having to be held and crowded in and, and you know, somehow, uh, you know, somehow dictated to and, and somehow you know, put a limit over here and a limit over here and a limit here and a limit here because, because you're out of control. He's talking about here about being more, being led by the Spirit of God because the breath of God's breathing into you. Now, there's a lot of references that, that I like when I talk about this, and we've done whole messages on this, obviously. But, you know, it all started, you know, back in the garden, okay? We have in Genesis 2 where, uh, where uh, God is breathing into Adam, okay, which he formed Adam, okay, and then it's a lifeless body there, and the Word says that he breathed the breath of life into Adam, okay? He breathed the breath of life into Adam. And what happened, the word says, he became a living being. Literally means a speaking spirit, okay? But then you get into chapter 3, and already in chapter 3, we're seeing the fall. And we see now God coming uh, to walk with them and converse with them in the garden. And they're already hiding, okay? And we see in chapter 3 and verse 8, uh, you know, of, uh, of Genesis. And we see already... Uh, you know, they're already, you know, messed things up because they yielded to something they shouldn't yield to. But the breath, the breath is a key thing. And what, you, what the Word says is he came to converse with them, to walk with them in the cool of the day. All right? Now, what that means is it's something he did all the time. And really, all it means, if you look it up, the cool of the day just means during the breath of the day. And what it means is, is every day God would come down and breathe into them. All right? Well, that particular day, they did something different, okay? But here comes God to breathe into them, and they've already had a, you know, kind of a, you know, well, let's just say a miss-up, okay? Well, it was pretty bad, okay? Adam basically commits high treason by turning everything over to the enemy. Now, obviously, at that moment, he didn't realize the magnitude of what he did, but it happened. So both him, uh, you know, Adam and Eve messed this thing up. But the thing I want to bring out is that's never really changed as far as God is concerned, as far as wanting to breathe into mankind every day. That's the point I'm trying to make, okay? He still come down to breathe into them, okay? Now, it wasn't that God didn't know what happened. God obviously knew what happened, okay? But the bottom line is, okay, it's never changed. God is always wanting to breathe into you every day. We're talking about walking in Him, we're talking about not just walking by faith, but we're also talking about walking in the Spirit. And what does that mean? That means that every day, amen, I live by the breath of God breathing into me. Every day I let God, I at least give God the opportunity every day to speak into me, to breathe into me, to show me things, to reveal things. In fact, if you take the time, you do a whole study on the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God is there to show you things to come, it says. The Spirit of God is to bring things to your remembrance. The Spirit of God is to reveal truth and the things and the ways of God. Amen. The Spirit of God is there to edify you, to charge you up, to build you up. I mean, the Spirit of God is there to strengthen you, to comfort you. The Spirit of God is there to help you. That's what the Spirit of God is there. So the more that you're allowing God to breathe into you the breath of life, see, by that Spirit, what happens is the more life begins to bear the fruit that you want. The love, the joy, the peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Amen. These are all things that we all want to walk in. These are things that we want to see operating in our life. 
We want that kind of result or fruit, amen, the fruit of the Spirit operating in our life, which means we have to let God breathe into us. One of the, uh, when you start thinking about the breath of, of, of life, um, the breath of God, uh, one story that always comes up, uh, in me at least, is Elihu, which one day, you know, uh, I look forward to meeting Elihu. Elihu was the young man that addressed Job and all his friends when they're sitting around the fire, so to speak, and boo-hooing and talking about, you know, maybe God did this or God's doing that. Or, you know, they, had, they were coming up with all these ideas trying to think, well, maybe Job's just messed up so bad or maybe God's trying to teach you something or show you something. They didn't have a clue. They're just all out there reaching and guessing just like what human beings do. That's what we do. Uh, that's the truth. That's what we do outside of God. We sit and we, we estimate and analyze and, and formulate things and begin to fashion things and, you know, and put things together and, you know, uh, this and you put it with this and then you add this and you put that and it comes up with this. And you may be completely wrong, but because of everything that you're using to put it together, this is what you come up with. Well, you see Job and, and his friends, and that's what they're doing. They're sitting around here talking about what it could be, what it might be, what it should be, what, you know, where he went wrong, what he should have done different, and all this stuff. And bottom line, at the end, God even told Job, you pray for your friends for all the things they said to you because it wasn't right. Well, Elihu shows up on the scene. Uh, obviously, he must have been sitting here you know, around listening to these men talk. And all of a sudden, he just kind of spoke up because the Spirit of God in him rose up and he just says, listen, I'm, I'm a man of God and, and I got the spirit of God on the inside of me. And, and he goes on to say, I have, uh, because of the breath of God, he literally calls it the breath of God. I have understanding. I have some understanding here. All right. Because of what God has breathed into me, I can kind of see something here and pick up on something. And he basically addresses all these men. Okay. And later on again, he brings it up and he says, because of that breath of God, I have life, or we all have life based on that breath. In other words, we conduct life and live life, and we have understanding. We have wisdom and counsel because of that breath. That spirit shows us things and reveals things. And anytime you're outside of that, it gets squirrely, and it gets squirrely real fast. It just does, okay? So that's why it's so important that we're talking about walking in him, being rooted and grounded and established in him. Okay, all this, because everything in him, you know, is, you know, the fullness of the Godhead. And in him, praise God, is why we're complete. Amen. Part of that's going to have to be that you're going to have to let God on a daily basis breathe into you the breath of life. I mean, you're just going to have to have that, all right? So just like, you know, he was speaking through Elihu, which, by the way, is uh, Job 32, and I want to say like verse uh, four or eight right in there. And then also in chapter 33 is another reference in there too. So uh, if you're looking that up, you can look that up. But the bottom line is what it's saying is it's just showing you that even back in the old covenant, God is, is wanting to breathe, okay? From Genesis on, God is wanting to breathe into mankind. Even after the fall is still wanting to breathe into mankind every day, all right? Christ comes along, pays, pays the price, and, you know, everything Adam did is reversed based on what Christ did. And God is still, he said, we're still called to live and walk in the Spirit. Or even some places it says, by the Spirit. 
Amen. Which means letting God breathe into you. Letting God speak into you every day. Praise God. So part of this walk in God has to be, amen, this daily breath of God coming into us. So not only walking by faith, but also, praise God, letting God breathe into us. Amen. Every day. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you're hearing this today. Amen. I tell you what, we'll go ahead and close her with this. I just kind of feel like maybe I kind of gave you a whole, whole bunch already. So uh, I hope you got something today. Father, I give you praise. I give you glory once again for this people that they had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you for a people that choose to walk in you, praise God. A people, Lord, that walk by faith and walk in the Spirit, praise God. A people that allow you to breathe into them every day and show them things. A people, Lord God, hallelujah, not moved by the natural realm, but moved by their confidence, their trust, and reliance, hallelujah, in you, praise God. And we give you the praise, we give you the glory, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.